Welcome, Devil fans. I'm your host, Joe Botch, and welcome to the Trap Podcast. A huge weekend for your first place, New Jersey Devils. Boy, it's been a long time since we could say that. What a weekend it was. When I left you guys last, it was Saturday afternoon, and the Devils had two big games. And there were a lot of question marks about how the Devils were going to handle their goaltending situation. Vitek Vanacek had not looked like the same goalie that he was at the beginning of the year. He'd gone through a little bit of a slump. Jack Hughes had been on a goal drought. And a lot of questions were answered over the past two nights. Welcome to The Trap. I'm Bill Botch. And, um, man, what a weekend to be a Devils fan. So the Devils had a favorable matchup um, versus a stubborn team in, in the Montreal Canadiens. I'll give them that. They are very stubborn. And... Basically, I, I like to give teams a little more credit than sometimes what they deserve because at the end of the day, they are all professional athletes and anybody can win any game. Um, but to start off that Montreal game, I had actually considered starting Vanacek versus Montreal, maybe give him a little bit of an easier outing maybe regain that confidence versus a team um, who doesn't get a lot of high-danger scoring chances and let him try to build off of that because he hasn't been, you know, his goals against average and his save percentage is down in the low eights over the past five or six games. And I was hoping to give him something to build off of. Akira Schmid definitely looks like somebody who could have a serious um, run and could be the goaltender of the future for the Devils. The Devils decided to play Schmid on Saturday night, and um, obviously their decision-making was correct because they won both games, and they had strong goaltending in both of those games. After the game on Saturday night, they interviewed Schmid, and I can't help but think he reminds me of somebody and I was trying to think who it is and it's Pecorini he reminds me of Pecorini he's tall he's like six foot five he's 200 pounds I went back and I looked at Pecorini's height and weight he's uh he was six six I believe and was about 215 so pretty much the same size built very similar Play very structured, very fundamental goalie. But man, watching Schmid track pucks and his positioning and to cut down angles, he just does not look like a guy that's going to get flustered. And he's only 22 years old. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of time in the playoffs. And I couldn't be happier with what I've seen out of out of Akira Schmidt. He he looks like he could be a fan favorite. He does not look like any 
He doesn't look like any situation is too big for him. I am very confident in him putting him in net. So I would have been confident playing him against Carolina on Sunday night, which you thought was going to be a very tough matchup for uh, first place in the division, or at least for a tie. I had looked at the stats. Well, let's, let's, let's finish up with Montreal. So right out of the gate, that first line that the Devils had came out, and that first shift was so dominating. And we can't say enough good things about the first line for the Devils. Nico, Tatar, and Mercer had been on fire. And in this game in particular, um, it was this was a Thomas Tatar game, if I've ever seen one. And maybe it's because he's playing a former, you know, playing against one of his former teams, but he looked like he was shot out of a cannon. And um good for him. He looked really good. So he had four shots on net. Um, expected goals was a 1.175, which basically blows everybody else out of the water. The next closest was a 0.7. He was good, and he had a goal. It was an empty netter, but that line in particular was amazing. Nate Bastion had a very, very strong game. Um, it was good to see that fourth line contributing. The BNW line is kind of, you know, not been that, strong, dominating fourth line on the forecheck that we remember from earlier in the year. And Nate Bastion came out, and he scored uh, He scored the first goal of the game. He had nine minutes and 44 seconds of time on ice, but he had five shots. And his expected goals against was second only compared to Thomas Tatar. So they played Bratt. On the third line with Palat and Halla, who I think Palat and Halla have been amazing. And then they played Boquist with Hughes and Meyer. And people have been wanting more out of Meyer. Obviously, everyone was excited to get him. He's been, you know, devil fans have been foaming at the mouth over Timo Meyer forever. So the truth is, Meyer leads the devil, leads the devils in attempts, shots, chances, and expense, and expected goals since he joined the lineup. Um, this is according to Todd Cordell. He's only shooting at five percent, and the devils are only shooting at three point five percent when he's on the ice. So he's creating a shit ton of chances. His expected goals for, which I covered in the last episode, is through the roof. Timo Meyer has been doing fine. He just hasn't been converting, and no one on his line has been converting. But more importantly, he's been taking some penalties. And I think, like, the not converting, Jack not scoring, everyone's so excited to see him, but then taking penalties on top of that, it's kind of, it's kind of like, been a little rough for Devil fans to see. But I am not worried about Timo Meyer at all. Um, all of his analytics... And I test. I, I I think he's going to be fine. It's going to take a little time. I mean, you come off of an injury. You're playing on a line with Jack Hughes, who is extremely fast and extremely creative. It's going to take a little time to build a little chemistry. <coughs> I had um. I had a question that was asked to me by uh, 
Publius 80. And he said, would you move Meyer to Heesher and Tatar to Hughes? Or do we let it simmer longer? I'm kind of torn because I think Meyer will eventually click with Hughes and it'll be deadly. Originally, I was all about Meyer and Hughes, but I'm starting to wonder. And I think that's fair. I think a lot of people think that. I am not changing them. I think it is, I think the chemistry is going to take some time. And I think when you need it the most, which will be, you know, probably the end of this month into the beginning of April, as we prepare for the playoffs, those two, if they get on the same page, watch out. Watch out. They're too good of players to be stuck in a rut and not converting. We, we know that they're talented. So they had Boquist playing on the wing with them, and they were not very effective. They were probably our worst line in the Montreal game. So, um, so for the for the Carolina game, they switched it back and they brought back up to the uh, they brought Brat back up to the second line, and they brought Boquist down to the third line. And obviously, we know what happened, which we'll get we'll we'll cover last night. In Newark. The the Montreal game, I thought, was just played very well. Um, they managed the game well. And it probably should have been... They probably should have put up more goals on them, and it shouldn't have been as close as it was. But I think the Devils were able to... Um, not sit on a lead, but they they controlled the game. If you look at the heat map from where the scoring chances were from, it looks like, you know, there were some high danger scoring chances right in front of the net, but for the most part, they were there was a ton of shots from the outside. Um, expected goals were 2.97, so Schmidt did play well, but for the most part, they can't hang with us. They don't have the they didn't have the talent. And the Devils didn't try to overdo it or try to be too fancy. And they won a game that they should have won. And three to one with an open netter is a very respectable win. Um and to see Schmid play as good as he did, that was good. You got to see um the Tatar Heesher Mercer line. Expected goals for was a point seven four five, and the and then the Wood McLeod Bastion line was a point eight six eight. So you had two lines that were playing really well. The Brat Hall of Palat line and was a point six zero nine, but Boquist Hughes and Meyer really did not have uh, a good game. They had twelve. 12 shots for compared to the Heischer line that had 26 shots. Just crazy. So the Devils are able to win that game. They come away with a 3-1 win. They travel back to New Jersey. Carolina is in Carolina 
playing Vegas, and Vegas defeats Carolina of a score of four to nothing, blanks them in Carolina. And then the Hurricanes come and they are going to play the Devils in Newark last night, in which was the biggest game in probably the last five years if you're a Devils fan. The chances went, if we were to lose last night, there would have been an 11% chance of the Devils winning the Metropolitan Division. If we were to win last night, there would be a 33% chance. This was a huge game. Huge game. Sunday night at the Rock, sellout. Fans were there early. People were super excited. It's the first time we played meaningful hockey in March and forever. And to play, to be tied for first place. Now, granted, Carolina has a game on us. But if you go down and you look at their schedule... The Devils have a very hard schedule. There's no doubt about it. But I actually think that Carolina's is harder. And we went and looked, and it looks like Carolina has the sixth hardest schedule, and we had the seventh hardest schedule in the league. So the, the Devils obviously have three games versus Tampa this week, two at home and one on the road. And in between, um, and in between they have uh, Florida at home, and then they play Minnesota. Now, Minnesota has lost Kirill uh, Kiprasov. He's going to be out, who's their best player. And then Tampa has lost Steven Stamkos. So that's – I don't wish anybody to get injured, but those are two important pieces to those teams, and the Devils are going to uh, not have to face those individuals for, for the upcoming games. We play Buffalo. We play Ottawa. We play the Islanders. We should be able to beat those teams if we go two and one out of those. I mean, I would expect that. Then we have that big game versus the Rangers on March 30th. You get Chicago, which you're hoping is a gimme. You get a game versus Winnipeg, a game versus Pittsburgh, Columbus. And then if you go and you look at Carolina's schedule, they got Winnipeg. And then they have Toronto. They got a game versus Philadelphia. Two games versus the Rangers, Toronto, Boston, Tampa. These are tough games. So people were fired up last night. We ended up, we went over to American Whiskey and we hung out and we had some drinks and partied in the parking lot, smoked a stogie out in the parking lot. It was fun. It's so fun seeing the fan base just so excited. We deserve this. And I feel like we thought if we knew that we could keep this really tight and if we could give them a serious fight that kind of like kept them on their heels for a little bit, it would give us the confidence to know that we could beat this team in the playoffs. And I did not expect to see what I saw last night. The Devils came out and literally dominated the Carolina Hurricanes domination you know you go to think about what were the best games of the season the most well-rounded performances of the season and the first thing that comes to mind and even lindy ruff brought it up was that new york islanders game at the beginning of the year and it was it was complete domination this was even more impressive to me because the devils have 
this tendency to rely on their speed and creativity and transition and try to just score as many goals as they can and run run a score up and try to run a team out of the building. And they didn't do that on Saturday, and they didn't do it on Sunday. And Sunday was a lot more impressive than Saturday. So they came out with a quick lead thanks to Jack Hughes, which got back on the board. He was flying last night. They put Brat back with him, and those guys were on those guys were on the move. They were seriously moving. And Jack Hughes picks picks the pocket of the defender coming out of the zone, puts it through the wickets. Beautiful goal. And then um what was the next goal? Was it the one was it the uh the fumble? Where the goalie fumbles the puck? But it was all it was done it was another Jack Hughes play where he created a turnover. Um, and then Brat, obviously from Hughes again on a partial breakaway that he kind of, kind of has the same shot that Hughes had where he comes in on an angle and goes through the legs. And then they got this lead besides a couple shots towards the end of the first period that were from the slot. Besides that. And I worried. I really did. I said, oh, please just don't give up a goal with un- with less than two minutes left in the first period. And they didn't. And they got through thanks to a couple great saves by Vitek Vanacek, who was on his game last night. Vanacek was seeing pucks great. He looked sharp. He looked very confident. He was kicking pucks out. He had loose pucks that would come by him, that he, a couple of them that he swatted out of the zone. He was making saves with authority. He made a glove save on Sebastian Ajo on the doorstep. Boom. And he just gloved it and just kind of stared him down afterwards. Vitek was feeling himself for sure. For sure. And if you could get him back to the form that he was in prior to this like little lull that we've had here, and you have Schmid and Vanacek playing well going into the playoffs, that's a dangerous tandem. So we're winning 3 nothing. It's the second period. And holy shit, the Devils played literally one of the most well-rounded games I've seen a Devils team play in forever. That was literally textbook. The defensive structure, the way they clogged the neutral zone, the way they kept everything to the outside... They let Carolina shoot from the outside the entire time. They had no problem doing it. It was literally a clinic. And this is a team in Carolina who that's what they're used to doing. And at no point throughout the game was I worried about Carolina coming back. That's how well they were playing. And it was everybody. It really was everybody. It was forwards. It was people putting sticks in the right lanes. It was forechecking. It was clogging the neutral zone, keeping pucks to the outside, puck movement. The whole thing was, and kudos to the coaches too. It was a great coaching game. It was a well-coached game. You know, Carolina, that's their, that's their game. Carolina is a lifeless 
structured, boring team that counter punches on, on people and that clogs up the neutral zone. And we whip their ass at their own game. They don't want any part of us in the playoffs. I was not scared of Carolina at all. Not one time last night. There wasn't one guy that I was thinking to myself, keep an eye on Aho or keep an eye on him or watch out for him. He is all over tonight. Nobody. We smothered them. And it was nice to see. It was like a, it was like a growing, it was like a maturing moment, like a coming of age moment for these kids to where you have a big lead. You could try to pour it on them, but you understand what it's going to take to win games like this and to beat teams like this. And we're going to play the game the right way. And we're going to sacrifice our speed and our offensive ability. And everybody's going to chip in and we're going to play a total structured sit on a lead. This is how you play when you have a lead. And that was so impressive. And this, the second half of the game was like straight up boring because they played that good. Jonas Siegenthaler played his balls off last night. He was just physical, winning pucks along the boards, winning pucks in the corner, clearing the front of the net. Dougie Hamilton played well. Um, you know, Severson and Ball played great. What was crazy was, I, I actually don't even think it was Marino and Graves' best game, really. I thought that out of all of our defensemen, those two, nobody had a weak game on the team. Literally nobody. Everybody played good, so I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying, I actually think we could play better. I think if we got off to... Carolina is not built to play from behind. And to be honest with you, I don't know who would have been able to come from behind when the Devils played the way that they did last night. It was that impressive of a performance to me. It was very reminiscent of an old 90s Devils game. But I I literally believe that Marino could have played better and Graves could have played better. Even though they both played very strong, I've seen them both play much better before. You had you had the Brat, Meyer, Hughes line. They were humming. Meyer led the team and expected goals again. He was a point nine three. But he did take a penalty. But either way, I mean, I really I wonder who who beats the Devils when they play the way that they did last night. And you start thinking about winning the division. And you start thinking about putting a banner up in the rafters and how long it's been. And you think about the playoff matchup that you would have if you got to play a wild card team instead of playing the Rangers. So... Let's say Pittsburgh sneaks in and they're the wild card. We could wipe the floor with Pittsburgh. We could get after Pittsburgh. They do not have the speed to roll with us. 
I feel very confident playing Pittsburgh in a seven-game series. And that would mean that you would have Carolina playing the Rangers in the first round, and that would mean that one of those teams is knocked out that you don't have to go through. And now you're talking about, we know we could beat the Rangers. We know we could beat Carolina. And now you're seriously talking about making a legit run. And the Stanley Cup, unless you're playing Boston, having to come through Newark. I love the sound of that. Love the sound of that. So Brad had five shots on goal last night. It was nice to finally see him back into the swing of things. He's been a little MIA for a little bit. And they moved him around. Didn't necessarily work. Um, Meyer had four shots on net. Wait till Meyer explodes. I give him... This could be the week, actually. They're, you know what it is? They're, they're going to be playing a lot of games moving forward. And, that, and that's what they need. They need to keep playing, keep getting out there, work the chemistry. I did like Boquist playing on that line. It didn't work. It didn't work, so yeah, I have no problem with them changing it. And it's like, you know what, Brat and 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 uh, Hughes, they do. They just add a lot of speed. I thought that maybe Bo Boquist could do like some of those things a little. You know, he's definitely obviously a probably a little bit better defensively. I mean, I was thinking maybe he could forecheck a little harder um, than Brat could, but it didn't really work. And Boquist has played really good. And Boquist playing on the second line, he's definitely punching above his weight class. So you put Boquist back down on the third line, haul up a lot. Boquist third line, you could they'll match up with anybody. And it's like nice to get the BMW line going because they hadn't really produced anything for a while, and they look good this weekend. Wood had a bad turnover, but they they look good. Ruff played them a lot towards the end of the game. They had a heavy four check, um, and they played a heavy game versus a team who likes to play heavy. I'm wondering where Curtis Lazard, if he's going to end up hopping into the lineup at any point. I don't think you could take Bastion out. I mean, I know McLeod was in Ruff's doghouse after that giveaway, um, but to me, I mean, you got to play him where Wood is and let him get after it. What pisses me off about Wood is he he's not he's not playing physical. If you're not going to contribute offensively, you you need to be hard to play against. And between the stupid penalties, which he hasn't taken a stupid penalty in a while, but between notoriously being known for taking stupid penalties and um and not and not getting on the scoreboard, like you need to play physical, dude. He's a big dude. You're supposed to be a leader. I like that Lindy Ruff went right back to ball. Smith got his chance versus Montreal. He actually didn't play that bad. But Ball has played very well. Very well. He got 13 uh, minutes and 47 seconds. And um, he was solid. He was solid the entire night. Ball's going to be a legit player. It's crazy. I'm so glad that we didn't have to give him up in the trade either. 
Siegenthaler was a beast last night. And it's like, you know, Siegenthaler and Marino. Graves has been good too, but Siegenthaler and Marino are just literally, that is what, back in the day, it was like a Ken Danico type of player who was like a big, physical, burly dude who would clear the front of the net and, you know, chip pucks off the glass. and That's not what a defensive defenseman looks like in the NHL anymore. Realistically, the good defensive defenseman, while physicality can be a very big part of their game, that definitely adds value. Um, nowadays, it's like you need a guy who's good in tight spaces when there's people barreling down on him that are able to make very quick, smart decisions with the puck without strictly just icing it. And they can move the puck to their forwards. And, I mean, name two better guys than Marino and Siegenthaler. The two of them have been really, really good. And we have them locked up for a while. They're going to be great pieces for our young defensemen who like to jump into the play and have a little more creativity and offensive ability to lean on. You know, Nemitz is starting to break out. He's got three goals in his last three games, and they've all been different situations. Like, the one was a shot from the point. The other one, he kind of hopped into the play. He went bar down. And then last night, he came creeping up all the way to the front of the net and kind of scored from his knee. Nemitz is turning a corner. I haven't really seen too many highlights of Hughes as of recently, and it, I wonder, like, you know, he's gonna his college season is gonna finish up, and what are you gonna do with him? Are you gonna try to bring him in and play him in the playoffs? Because, and depending on how he looks, it's like, is Nemitz a better player to bring in the playoffs? Are neither of them gonna play in the playoffs? You're gonna need seven to eight defensemen. People are gonna get hurt. And I don't want to hear everyone freak out when somebody that we really like goes down because it's just part of the game. I hope it doesn't happen, but in the playoffs, people get injured. It's very, very demanding on a guy's body. He's playing every other night, and you see how heavy everybody plays in the playoffs. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun not to just to watch the Devils in the playoffs, but to watch other teams and try to think about what our future matchups are going to be. What kind of pisses me off and is the Devils didn't alert me as to when playoff tickets were going on sale. So they saved me my two seats, but I had my dad and my brother who plan on coming up and going to a bunch of the games. And my rep told me that they sent me an email. I went through my emails over and over and over. I got nothing. So I got robbed of being able to buy playoff tickets. I've been going and watch the team for how many years? They look like shit forever. I go to every game, and now they're, I can't get playoff tickets because they didn't send me an email? Come on. Come on. Now, my rep wrote me back and says, we're trying to work on something to figure it out, but that's a pretty big fumble. You gotta love what you see out of this team. Last night was just so impressive. I mean, that's that's what good teams play like. You get a lead and you play like that. 
I'll put the Devils up against anybody. Really, I really will. If there's one team that could beat the Bruins, and trust me, the Bruins are sick. There is no doubt about it. I mean, the Devils, they could do it. I'm looking at... I'm looking at this tweet. It says, in the two games between the Bruins and the Devils, the Devils out expected gold by aggregate a 7.42 to 6.46. Chances for in favor of New Jersey, 151 to 95. Nobody wants to play the Devils right now. And we have, this is just the beginning. We still have Holtz, who looks like he's playing well. We have Nemitz. We have Hughes. I mean, we have so many young prospects that are still, you know, Mercer's on an entry-level contract. It's like, Schmid looks sick. What are we? What's going to happen when Mackenzie Blackwood is healthy? Even though no one knows what's wrong with him to begin with, when he's healthy, what happens? Are we waving him? Would you wave Mackenzie Blackwood? Maybe. I definitely don't want to carry three goalies. That doesn't make any sense. Carolina shook. And I think that game last night definitely put things in perspective to a lot of the NHL. We have Tampa tomorrow. We got uh, Tampa Thursday. Saturday, Florida. Tampa, Sunday. Woo! And then Monday, oh no, and then Tuesday, we get Minnesota. We got a little, it's going to be, this is going to be very playoff vibe-ish right here. You know, three games in one week versus a very good Tampa team team that knows you know they know what they're doing they've been flying under the radar a little bit but it's down the stretch don't be don't be surprised if they turn it on jack hughes is on the verge of becoming the seventh player all time in new jersey's 40 40 club wow jesper bratt's five multi-goal game are his most in a single season Yeah, Jack Jack looked back last night. He is just he's fast. He's real fast. We play with such speed. Should be fun. It was good to have him back though, for sure. I'll be at the game tomorrow. I'll be pre-gaming at American Whiskey with my old lady. And um yeah, if you're around, you see me. So come say what's up, and let's talk some devils, all right? Your first place, New Jersey Devils podcast, The Trap. I'm Bill Botch. Have a great night, everybody.